0: to the first edition of Heartbeat, the official podcast of the BBA's Heartland Division, the best division in all of baseball. It has been a spectacular month for the Heartland. Uh, this is April. We're going to do a review and talk through uh, pretty much each of the teams in the Heartland Division, uh, talk about where they are or where they're at or, or whatever. Along the way, we're going to have some fantastic updates uh, from uh, several of the local groups here. Uh, it's probably worthwhile mentioning that... Um, Uh, Current date, 2041, April, I think it's 28th uh, by game date. And uh, as we stand right now, the Heartland Division has, I think it's a six-game advantage over the Pacific. We'll uh, we'll translate that out for you. That's six months in the season, six games in the first month. That says that we'll probably be, we're on track. We're on track for a 36-game domination. And so that's what we're going to title this first episode April 2041, the domination begins. And I think we pretty much have to start that domination. Um, not too surprising to a lot of folks uh, with the uh, Louisville Sluggers, which act- is extremely painful to say. Louisville's sitting at 16-8 uh, and 8 at the top of the uh, Heartland uh, standings but maybe the most important things going on around Louisville's ball club aren't even happening on the field. Let's take a quick check-in with local beat reporter. Hello, and
1: welcome to Slugger Shavings Audio, 60 seconds of fake sports ecstasy for your ears. Why only one minute? Because a minute in Louisville is worth 10 anywhere else, 60 in Yellow Springs. This week, GM and owner-for-life Shaw made two of his players very happy, and shockingly, it had nothing to do with drugs or mildly coerced sex workers. Young stars Simé Kwaku and Ronnie Hubbard each signed deals buying out their three arbitration years for chump change, ensuring cost certainty for Louisville, and an uninterrupted supply of drugs and sex workers for the two young outfielders. When asked why he decided to make this move on such short notice, Shaw responded that he heard other Brewster owners on a podcast laughing at how much the two outfielders would be costing him in the future, and like the true alpha he is, he decided to, quote, show them what the fuck is up with that, unquote. While the statement is largely unintelligible, it is worth noting that Shaw didn't become a billionaire by being stupid. He became a billionaire by selling used real dolls. That's all for this week.
0: So yeah, it's kind of like uh, a stake in the heart to see Louisville at the top of these standings, but you really can't say that it's a great surprise. I mean, even the media guide had some questions as to whether it would be Yellow Springs or Louisville at the top. Um, perhaps the most surprising aspect uh, going on right now uh, around the Heartland is the performance of the Chicago Black uh, Sox, um, and it's surprising in the sense that if you scan down their stats and their numbers, right, other than leading the league in walks, um, it seems kind of a milquetoast collection of baseball players, and yet they are 15 and nine; they're a game behind the uh, uh, the the sluggers. And, in fact, um, I think there's a lot of question going on as to whether they feel themselves whether that can keep going. For some insight to that, let me throw this to uh, Chicago General Manager Vic Kaleika.
2: This is Chicago Black Sox General Manager Vic Kaleka with your Sox scoop for the week. When the Huntsville Phantoms finished 12 games under five hundred a couple of years ago, new team owner Vinny Vitale wasn't worried when his bumbling general manager traded away two prime young prospects for a sketchy closer and a promising but injury-prone young pitcher, Finney wasn't worried. When the Black Sox lost prized free agent first baseman Mark Simpson to an ankle injury subsequently aggravated in a dodgy episode of manure dumping into the Little Calumet River last July, Finney wasn't worried. When the Sox offense collapsed down the stretch last season without Simpson's bat, the team finished ten games under five hundred. Vinny wasn't worried. And when Sox manager Brett Richards abruptly retired in a snit over being forced to use the Calumet City Motel six as an off season headquarters, well, Vinny wasn't worried then either. So when did Vinny decide to alert his front office that he was worried? This month, when the Sox actually put up a couple of back to back winning weeks, climbed over five hundred, and into second place in the Heartland division. What, we wonder? does Vinny know? Did he catch a glimpse of the baseball gods playing catch on the ethereal plane and plotting mischief ahead for our heroes? Is he sending Mark Simpson on another biohazardous ride-along? Has he finally figured out that the blueprint, TM, is really just a collection of platitudes cribbed from pretty much every Little League coach who's ever pulled on a pair of spikes? Or is he just a realistic longtime Black Sox fan who knows his team can't stand prosperity and even now is probably sowing the seeds for an epic collapse. It may be all or none of the above. All we do know for sure is that Vinny Vitale is worried. So we are too. That's it from the banks of the little Cal for this week.
0: Back to you, Ron. Once again, thanks to Vic Kalecka and the Chicago Media for that clip. If Chicago is not the surprise group of the Heartland, perhaps a uh, the second candidate would be the Nashville Bluebirds, who are general managed by the uh, commissioner, Matt Recktenwald himself. The Bluebirds were not expected to be at the top of the table here, but they have actually been leading the division until the last few days, uh, Boy mostly by the most prolific offense in, the, in baseball right now. And led by off-season acquisition um, William Wood, and of course uh, guys like Cadane Atta, who you have to begin to wonder um, has not had a whole lot of success on the uh, mound this year, but is uh, ripping the cover off the ball in center field, and it leads one to wonder whether we're going to actually see uh, Atta become uh, more of a full-time center fielder. Yeah, Atta is sitting at a eight-point 6'4 uh, ERA uh, versus his. Um, oh, geez, let me see here. He's hitting 349 and has four home runs in April. Um, really, how much longer they, can they keep him out of the lineup full time? Regardless, Nashville is sitting. Um, uh, pretty high in the bluebird seat here this year and uh things are looking rosy overall i guess i could be uh, i should probably note that uh nashville is uh, kind of a poster child for this question between heartland and the uh pacific because they've let's see they're 2 and 0 against seattle they're 2 and 0 against san fernando uh only 1 and 3 against vancouver but are 2 and 0 against uh hawaii so uh you guys kinda do that math and I when I look at it I, that says we're seven and three here. Nashville is uh against the Pacific Division. Um so there we go. And that brings us to the Yellow Springs nine, who uh were the preseason favorites of a lot of uh a, a lot of pundits. They're thirteen and eleven. Uh, so they're not exactly stinking the the joint up, but they have not been the juggernaut that a lot of people were expecting. And I think you could look straight to the vaunted uh, starting rotation that uh, before the season started, a lot of folks were looking at the five deep, and by, uh, Carlos Valle uh, and Ernesto Ramos were the two uh, big names from last year. Um, uh, Luis Colone was the number three and was a super solid pitcher. Number three, Carlos Pineda was the uh, the sexy call up last year, and Thomas Ramirez was uh, looked forward to by pretty much everyone. The problem ultimately is is nobody seems to have gotten the call except for Pineda and Valle, uh, and Ramos in particular is uh, getting his shield, you know getting his butt handed to him pretty much every time he goes out onto the under uh, the mound. Yellow Springs will go about as far as this rotation takes them, and so I think a lot of people are paying uh, a lot of attention to them right now um, when they didn't think they were going to have to. Regardless, Yellow Springs does sit uh, in a pretty healthy spot as they come off of a schedule that was pretty heavily road-dependent. They finished April 10 and 9 on their uh, fairly large road trip there, So we're going to see. We're going to stand pat and see what's happening with uh, Yellow Springs come next month. Then we come to the fifth place Des Moines Colonels, which are perhaps one of the most uh, interesting enigmas in the division right now. Uh, Des Moines. Everyone knows Des Moines' uh, history of uh, decades of difficulty. and things are looking up. They were playing five hundred ball until three games ago when they when they ran into the slugger juggernaut uh so now they are sitting at what are they eleven and twelve i think uh yes eleven and twelve uh fifth place four and a half games out of the division lead um Overall, things do not still look particularly good for Des Moines, except that there are several interesting bright spots. Uh, Don Smith seems to have come back from his injury uh, pretty well. He's at a 2.67 ERA, uh, but he's not winning yet. Um, Greg Palmer is the most interesting uh, young kid right now. His ERA, he's kind of the anti-Smith. He's got a 5.02 ERA, but he's won uh, three games out of his five starts. Bottom line is this is a team with a really young starting rotation, and it kind of shows. They're, they've been start and stop all year. Perhaps the most interesting and valuable thing about uh, what's going on in Des Moines right now is take a look at their attendance and their fan interest, which is has been buoyed by uh, some of Ed Murphy's um, offseason signings Uh, they're up over 70 plus fan interest now which is probably the first time in in a decade or two that that has been the case the fans are interested in this ball club Uh, I think that the jury is out and we're going to see see what happens uh, for them as they go forward but one thing to pay attention to is that their next couple of weeks are going to be spent at home And if they can really get some momentum going here, uh, you just never know what might happen as we get uh, through May and into June. So I'd say uh, uh, hold on tight if you're a Des Moines fan. Um, This year may not be the year, but it's looking like uh, things are starting to come together. And of course, in sixth place, we've got the Omaha Hawks at 11 and 13. And, you know, Omaha is one of those places where things are always coming together. Let's check in with Harry
3: Homer. Hey, Harry Homer here for the Hawks Nest. It's been a tough start in Omaha, but the team is showing signs of life, battling back from a big run deficit early and now being only five under. Uh, the honeymoon period for Team Dooley is still in effect as fans have not soured on the 21-year-old 6.53 ERA. Uh, maybe because last year's 20-game winner... Jose Lima also has an ERA over six, as does Stephen Um Offensively, James Monger has taken back shortstop duties, while well, Young shifted to second base. Fans are pretty excited to see Monger in Omaha another five years after the season. Speaking of exciting, Eduardo Diaz has fans talking as he is batting 349 with six homers in 22 games, and his 60 game debut last year. He hit 25 home runs and doesn't appear to be slowing down. Also, Orlando Ordonez may have finally put it all together. as He's batting .326, has 11 stolen bases, 4 home runs to go along with its excellent fielding ability in the outfield. Uh, Ordonez, as a reminder, is just 21 years old in his third Major League season with the club. Uh, Nothing else new other than to report that Augusto Cardenas appears to be within weeks of returning from Tommy John surgery. Um, however, there's word circulating the club may just release him and eat the remaining $7 million remaining on his contract, as word is that Cardenas has struggled with control and has also lost some velocity and movement on his pitches. Uh, that's all here from the Hawk's Nest.
0: Back to you. Thanks for the update, Harry. It's always great to have a, uh, a bit of information from the Hawk's Nest. Uh, at 11 and 13, uh, going maybe in the opposite kind of direction than Omaha is Madison. Um, uh, Chris Wilson left Madison in kind of a shambles as he went to Portland for the uh, expansionistic uh, Lumberjacks. And Mike Simon stepped in to try to deal with the mess. Um, he recently had an interview with one of the uh, one of the the key uh, media outlets in Wisconsin, and we are happy to uh, have been authorized to give you a bit of that. So here it is, here it is, straight from the horse's mouth.
4: That's uh, Mike here from the Madison Wolves. Um,
0: some things, I guess, a uh, surprise to talk about
4: for the Wolves this year. Uh, pleasantly surprised as far as some of these uh, number one picks are starting to uh make their way to the majors and playing. So you've got Shorts, first-rounder. Even though he did get hurt as far as a relief pitcher, he's actually doing pretty good his first two times out. Should be back within four weeks. Uh, Miyamoto, as far as my number one starter, looks actually very good. Another first-round pick. Um, had a great outing against California. Had 10Ks in that game. And uh, Menabu Shindal, who's it? Shimzimu? right fielder. Actually, he's kind of called up. He's another one who's actually doing quite well, batting well over 400, uh for the season uh, so far. Uh, pleasantly surprised with him in right field as well part two of this is just kind of looking at madison's uh roster and the amount of players they had on this team when i took it over last year that had injury rankings of either wrecked or fragile That was 11 out of the 26 men on the active roster so part of that process this year too is starting to shed a lot of that uh undurable uh, player potential And that's another reason why i too brought up uh quite a bit of the rookies, so I think I've probably got, I think, four, my top four rookies have actually made it up as far as rankings-wise prospects are now uh, playing in the bigs.
0: So, yeah, there's lots of churn and movement going on in the Madison Wolves uh, camp, but one thing that I'll note, uh, you know, at at 11 and 13, uh, some folks might be thinking that uh, Madison is a little bit overperforming, but imagine this. Madison's pitching staff is actually tied for third uh, best runs allowed in the Frick League right now. And if you can imagine a Madison team with a pitching staff, you can imagine a Madison team that could actually possibly contend. And that, of course, brings us to the uh, Twin Cities River Monsters, who are uh, clearly uh, in a rebuild situation at 7-17. Seven and 17. That's probably not going to get a whole lot better this year. Uh, but, General Manager Scott Piccoli recently put out a newsletter to a lot of his fans and uh, talked about several things that uh, that are are moving according to plan. Probably the the biggest item. That makes uh, a difference to us here is a, a couple of the pieces that the team got in the uh, controversial Chris Kelly deal uh, are starting to to make their weights known. Uh, left-handed starter Jose Perez is, um, had uh, three quality starts and five appearances uh, with a 2.76 ERA. He could easily end up being a long-term kind of number one starter for the team uh, in the foreseeable future, as uh, Piccoli says. Uh, Second is Francisco Arrendando, second baseman, is also having a really good start uh probably not going to be a really flashy eye catcher but uh, first month and he's already projecting 34 doubles 27 homers and an over 3 WAR kind of player so that fire sale teardown that uh that Scott ran into is already beginning to to show some impact at the major league ball club Probably also important uh, as a note is that uh, 21-year-old left-handed starter Brian King may be actually starting to show some progress down in the minors. The real hope for this ball club in the future is that King, Thorpe, and Perez uh, would would, uh, project out to the 1, 2, and 3 starters probably by 2043 or so. Uh Piccoli makes a big deal that that is their plan, and uh is actually projecting uh King out in his mid twenties maybe even before seeing the b b a at this rate, which uh probably manages to actually work for them uh if if slow development is a positive for a young guy, Brian King may be the guy uh that Twin Cities would like to see take his time just a little bit. I uh, know that doesn't make uh, River Monster fans particularly happy right this minute but there you go I think their window opens in a, in a couple of years um, I mean ultimately the payrolls at 57 million dollars this year it's uh it's trending down toward 40 million next year and uh in um and even makes a big deal out of saying that that's part of the plan uh as he as he says it directly the wave is receding and the next one is coming in And so there you have the roundup of the uh, Heartland Division for April—oh, no, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. We've got uh, one more uh, look in. Actually, we've got got a fresh-off-the-presses edition of the uh, Slugger Shavings uh, media outlet. So let's take another look in and see what they've got to say.
1: Hello, and welcome to Slugger Shavings Audio, 60 seconds of fake sports injected directly into your veins via your ear holes. This episode, we take a look at young star Hugh Mangrowth Hormone, who at 20 years young sits at second in the Brewster in both home runs and strikeouts. He's currently projected to hit 81 home runs and strike out 257 times. Mangrowth Hormone, who spurned a full ride to Stanford where he would have double majored in Instagram influencing and TikTok production, credits his off-season conditioning program for the improved performance. Quote, I got a cup of coffee last season and sucked. My training staff and I broke down the video and discovered that I was too muscular and too in shape, so I put down the crossfit and picked up the crawlers. Now I can barely move without assistance, and I've never felt better. Scouts corroborate this assertion, as they currently rate Mangrowth hormone at ones across the board in all fielding ratings, except for infield arm, where he nets a Two.